It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeff Mosher here from the Inside the Birds podcast. Listen, I am covering the Eagles on my own independent journalism route on Patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jeff Mosher. You're going to get really in-depth coverage. You're going to get all 22 tape breakdowns, previews for games, recaps, scouting reports, inside information, the whole gamut. It'll be very comprehensive Eagles coverage for only $1.99 a month. That's like six cents a day for great coverage you can't beat that also for every 100 subscribers i'm gonna donate ten dollars to the wounded warrior project listen there's no pop-up ads there's no distractions and the content you don't even have to look for it comes straight to you via email patreon.com slash jeff mosher check it out you're listening to the go birds pod a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds Well, around 1 o'clock on Tuesday, it started to seem like the NFL trade deadline might come and go without the Eagles making a move. People even started to question whether Trader Howie was taking this year off. Then came the news everyone was waiting for. The Eagles did make a deal. They get wide receiver Golden Tate from the Lions for a third-round pick. And here we are at the midpoint of the NFL season with the Eagles once again hoping that a mid-season trade will propel them on another title run. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside the Birds. Jeff Mosher here alongside Adam Kaplan, Billy Osborne. Guys, another vintage Howie Roseman move. A lot to discuss. Before we... We're going to unpack this thing on a variety of levels. We're going to get into... Everything about it. So before we really kind of dig in, I just want from both of you your initial take. When this trade went down and it first came out, Adam, your first thought was what? Really smart football move. It addresses a major need, which we've been talking about now for five weeks. It was my number one need. As I told you privately a while back, I think they're going to go for a receiver. This is probably back after week four. And here we are five weeks later. Uh, didn't know who the player was going to be, and you know, overall, my reaction would be, 
it was what it was yesterday. I was I was pretty fired up just from a macro standpoint of what they needed. It addresses their biggest need on the football team. They've got a lot. There's a saying in the National Football League, you can't address every need in one offseason or at a trade deadline. But overall, smart move. We'll get into everything else, but I like the deal. I like how you couch that as the biggest need on the football team because it has indeed been you probably yeah you on the last three or four weeks of this podcast saying forget running back forget defensive back yes there are important areas but you have said this team needs first and foremost a wide receiver so good job by you on that you mean me ah, you you, mean you me don't count no no i what bill you're you no you're confused you are you are the wide receiver and you've the been saying receiver. you've been yeah. saying that the team needs a kicker all year long and that's why we've just dismissed you exactly right. no i know you have actually agreed no, uh Adam with was right the, on that exactly right i just i concur with what he said and and my biggest thought was uh i'm glad how he picked up the phone for me because this is exactly what i said to do and uh uh, a smart move, and we didn't give up. I thought it was uh, it was a fair fair value, especially at the time of the trading deadline. And to Adam's point, we addressed our biggest need, and it's going to be fun around here offensively now. Hopefully they take advantage of it. Are the Eagles better, markedly better now than they were at 1 o'clock yesterday, uh, Tuesday afternoon? I don't know if markedly would be the word, but I think offensively there's no doubt they are better offensively when they go on the field right now. Well, what you just said will parlay into my take because if you look at the Eagles' losses this year, all four, they have lost by six points, by four points, by three points, and by two points. You add up all the four losses, and that's an average margin of loss by four points, okay? Not only that, this team, this Eagles team that we've talked about being not the same offensively is averaging like 6.8 points fewer per game than last year. So that's about that's a touchdown. That's a lot. That's about a touchdown. That's yeah. Not only is it a lot, Adam, right, in a league where every single game is seemingly decided by a possession – my take would be this. If Golden Tate's arrival makes this offense a little bit more reflective of last year's, and now they're up more closer to you know, 28 points a game than 22, then this is a heck of a deal, and it's a good deal. And we'll get into what they give up, and, uh, and there's a lot to unpack. But my first take is that if this guy, by being on the team alone, has that kind of widespread impact that they are now a more prolific offense and a little bit more like last year, then this deal was a good deal. And I think it was a good deal anyway, but obviously there are some question marks that come with it as far as how much you gave up, where he's going to play, how Doug Peterson makes it work with the with the offensive playmakers that he now has, and we'll get into that. So, so the first thing we should talk about is before we get into – what you give up or the future. Let's just talk about Golden Tate in this Eagles offense and what it means. Because my original inclination, and I'm starting to second guess it, and I'd like to hear from you guys on it too, is that my original inclination is that because Golden Tate in his career has played both inside and both outside and produced there, that for the role that he's going to play here, it would be smartest to leave him on the outside and put Nelson Aguilar and leave him on the inside because to me, it's like two for one. You get a better outside option and Nelson Aguilar is in the slot and to me, that's where Nelson should always be because I don't think he can play the outside the way Golden Tate has, but I'm not sure that I'm right, and I'm starting to think that maybe they just have a jumble of slot receivers here. Well, I, I would I would say this. I would not call Golden Tate a slot receiver per se. I would call him a space player. Good, I like that. He is going to be, he's the most unique slot receiver, if you want to call, we call him an inside receiver. Most unique in slot, inside receiver in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. He will line up about, well, at least for Detroit, 75% of the time he was inside. 
That's pre-snap. Post-snap, you're going to see him deep right, deep left, deep middle. Um, and then you would see him on screen passes. A tunnel screen, just getting the ball in his hands. You're talking about arguably the NFL's best player at receiver after the catch. It's really incredible. He's, he's among the do. annual leaders it's in incredible. Rack, I mean, you know, he's not real big. He's about 5'10 yeah. and a half. I talked to a Seahawks source last night who was involved uh, in the drafting of, of Tate uh, with Seattle. He said, look, the, 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 he said Philly's getting a guy who you could count on every day. He brings an energy and a passion to his job. Uh, interestingly enough, though, when he first got there, he was a little bit immature. Mm-hmm. Need to grow up a little bit. And then over time, he became one of their team leaders. And the only reason why they didn't resign him years ago is because Detroit blew them out of the water. They, they, were, they gave a huge deal and people, where people were saying, well, are you out of your mind? The I guy's, remember that. The guy's like not six for three. Well, like, why would you pay him this kind of deal? And it proved to be a great decision uh, by the, the former Lions regime. And they're getting a player, not only he's in his prime, like if you didn't know, Jeff, that he was 30 years old, turns 31 in summer, you would think he was 25 years old. Yeah. He's not slowing down. No, this none is of the, the numbers reflect any this kind of drop a, off. This is not the way it's supposed to work. Once guys hit their 30s, they're supposed to regress. There's zero regression in his game. I've talked to people who watched his tape uh, for the trade deadline because teams had teams kind of knew who was available. And you couldn't talk to anyone who said this guy's slowing down at even a little bit. And by the way, had he stayed with the Lions, he was headed for 101 catches. That was the pace he was on. Now, how about that? Ozzy, put your so, Doug Peterson cap on and now tell me how you figure out how to get more from this offense with – an inside receiver, a space receiver that you have in Golden Tate, but also an inside receiver that you have, a slot receiver in Nelson Aguilar. Well, I'll do it even better. I talked to a source in the NFL who is a former general manager, now is a uh, uh, is a guy who gives a lot of um, input to a couple different consultants. A consultant mm-hmm. uh, won a couple Super Bowls, and he told me flat out that. This is a guy, he said, first off, the fact that Howie went and got him, he said, it just goes to show you the type of guy how he is. He's never good. He never, he never thinks the team is set. He's always going to go after. And, and he's getting known around the league as a guy that, you know, is one of the top GMs out there. Sure. That's what, that's what the, his, his uh, I guess you could say, is his reputation has really solidified with this deal. You're getting a tough physical receiver who's got sneaky speed. Like they say, he may not be a 4-4 guy. But because he's such a good route runner, he gets up on you and close, and he can go by you. He said, so if you put him in the slot or inside or outside, it doesn't matter. He'll still clear over top for you if you need be, but he can also run underneath. And as Adam already pointed out, and Jeff, you pointed out, he's got the best yards after catch and contact in the National Football League consistently year after year. So give me a route concept. When I say put your Doug Peterson yeah. hat on, I still have a concern that in a league full of six foot three. Two Alshon Jeffries, gotcha. DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans. Hopkins isn't that tall, but yeah, no, but he's not six five foot seven. Nice in, yeah. in a league of guys over six feet tall and over two hundred pounds, you are going to let's say Doug puts his three by one formation. You're going to probably have on the right side a five ten guy and a guy who's barely six feet and mostly a slot receiver. What kind of route concepts can you do to be effective when you lack that either tall guy or that Deshaun guy who's going to make a safety play 20 yards downfield. Um, you can run the deep comebacks. You can run the dig routes. You can run the skinny posts. You can run the, the deep over routes. They right? run a ton of them. Yep. And yes. Oh, my God. And yeah. for a guy like him. Yeah. The Eagles already run a lot of those yeah, routes. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. The yeah. Eagles run a lot of those. Yeah. And the greatest thing about him, in my opinion, and also what this league source said, is now watch the tight ends flourish. And this Oh, really? Why? Was right on. You and I said, he loves Goddard. 
He said that guy, Dallas Goddard, he's got, in my opinion, he said he is a, is a threat just like Zach Ertz is. And he says the rest of the National Football League knows it. And he said he thinks now with this accusation, it should actually open up more for Zach and for Dallas. Right, but I would say this. Though they, on third down, become increasingly uh, 12 personnel uh, you know, with two receivers, two tight ends, Golden Tate is incredible on third down, one of the best receivers on third down. He's got to be on the field. Agreed. I, and, and so is Jeffrey. And so does Ertz. So to me, it's going to be three wide again, don't you think, Jeff? I think you're bringing up a point that I wanted to make that I think is going to be really interesting to watch because now it's about who shows Doug Peterson what. I agree with you. The th- guys who you know are going to be on the field are Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, and Zach Ertz. Have to be. Right? They have they to be. Have to be. Yeah. So now, and I feel like as big as an acquisition as this is for Doug and for Golden Tate and what they can do, this is a huge time for Nelson Aguilar. All right. All right. F- wait, wait. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Because I see last year, LeGarrette Blunt is playing a role on this team and doing well, and all of a sudden, Jay Ajayi comes along, and LeGarrette Blunt's got to not only figure out a way to make it work on fewer carries, but yeah. embrace and accept this. And Nelson Aguilar who's coming off of this great year last year, has been has been inconsistent this year, I think more because of usage and talent, and now he's getting a guy who's, let's be honest, better than him, more proven than him oh, at a similar position, and Nelson now has to be the guy that says, whatever it takes to win, and if it means... He's on a contract drive, If too. it means yeah. that Doug Peterson likes what he sees from Goddard and wants to go 12 personnel and puts Alshon, Tate, Goddard and Ertz on the field, and occasionally Aguilar comes off, he's got to be okay with that. All right, I was going to ask you guys this. So what would your vote be? Who would you rather have on third down on the field, Aguilar or Goddard? Me, I want Goddard because he could block. B, he's a big physical presence of the passing. That, If it were me, if I'm calling the plays, I want Goddard on the field, not Aguilar, now that Tate's there. Ozzy? Well, uh, when I played, so this is, you were asking a question, so we went to spread, and what we did is when we went spread, we took the tight end out. So, and I was actually the tight end spot. So we went tight end. So I was actually off the ball. Good thing you didn't have to block any had, DNs. <laughs> exactly right. Well, that's why it was called spread. You have to cut right. it. That's why you were yeah. moved out. Yeah. Exactly. So we had the two receivers on the line of scrimmage, and then I played the slot on the spread. So we took the tight end out. So sure. I just replaced him. So we were able to get three receivers on the field at the same time. Now, with the Eagles, now the good thing about Nelson is he can go by you. So right now, I don't think Dallas has that that speed that people are going to be, you know, respect that over the top. So it depends on what you're looking for. If it's third and long and you want to get a deep over route or you want to get a deep comeback or a dig route, you might throw Nelson out there to run your go route and get the tight ends or um, the tight ends underneath and get the free safety and the safeties to flip and run. However, if you're looking for third and seven, third and medium, then Adam's point, Dallas has got to be on the field. So what what he's basically saying is, and I think this is really it's it's a really interesting. It's it seems like Doug not only has optionality about whether or not he can use twelve or eleven personnel, but it may be dictated by a down and distance, as Ozzy was just saying, and b probably opponent. I would Match have up, to think yeah. if you're facing a team right with re- that have bad coverage linebackers, you're going to want to go too tight end, keep those linebackers on the field, and try to exploit Ertz and um, and Goddard against them. If you're facing a team that you think just has a really bad nickel corner or maybe even outside, then you'll dial back on, on the 12 personnel, go with your 11, and, and get that speed going down the field. Yeah, so overall, Doug Peterson now has options, which he didn't really have. The, even this one guy, you talked about the impact. This move has impact on personnel groupings, matchups, and how much, obviously, certain guys are going to be on the field. So it's all positive. 
and it puts some of the guys on notice. Hey, look, this guy's coming in. He's a veteran. He's a proven veteran who's a t- total team player. By high, very, Golden Tate is about as high character as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans will absolutely love this guy. His energy and passion. Ah, Notre Dame guy. See what Carryon Johnson said? Carryon Johnson's the running back, a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that uh, end zone celebrations will be a little bit different now. He's, <laughs> he, he's really great. Meanwhile, and, the Eagles are great at those, so he's just yeah, going to add to that. So look, it's all positive. Uh-huh. And it was, th- it, to me, for them to be the playoff team, I think is what Howie Rosen was thinking. Remember, they did make an offer uh, for goal, for Amari Cooper, second-round pick. This third-round pick, if if he had more than one year left, I think they could have got him for a fourth. Mm-hmm. Not, not, um, I, I, it just, the, 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 the thing is, the Eagles were kind of in, in a rock and a hard place. They had to do something. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get Cooper. They were not willing to give up a first. The Lions put a value on a third, and they weren't going to back off that. And the timing was right because the Lions lost. They became they were three and four. They clearly are not playing for the season anymore. Right. You trade Golden Tate away, um, who's arguably your best receiver. I mean, Marvin Jones is good, and so is Kenny Galladay. But this kid is really, really good. He's got versatility. It just matched up perfectly. Um, Howie has a good relationship with Bob Quinn uh, over the years, so that that worked out. And going forward, so the fans when they play Dallas, it's going to be a little different. No and doubt. N- no one knows for sure. By the way. Yeah. And I don't even think you. It's a good segment to, to segue to say he just played Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Oh, geez, and yeah, he had like a hundred and something thirty yards receiving. Wow. I think he played very well against. He had a run them. after the big run after the catch play. Yeah, so so it's all so for the fans. He's so unique up. in that regard. Uh, when you look at his he's numbers and you big, see right? how many right. explosive plays, you you would think if you're a box score scout, you're like, oh, this guy and Deshaun Jackson yeah. must be like the same. No, different they're completely player. different. No, they don't run fly. You don't run fly it, routes 10, with this guy. It's ten to twelve yards. Yeah. And it's run to daylight. That's the term the coaches use. It's run to daylight. He does it all of the time. It's incredible. And he'll, they'll run the smoke route, which is a smoke route, is a ro- route that uh, Steve Smith made famous. It's a, it's a throw to the far right or far left, which is really a cold run play. But when mm-hmm. the corner's way off, throw it to you. You know it's a sight adjustment. You know the throw to him. He just gets him going. It's just incredible. And I give Jim Bob Cooter, the OC of the Lions credit, uh, Favorite name in football? Yeah, I know J- James Robert Cooter. Yeah, he, uh, he found a way to <laughs> he found a way to get this guy the football, and this kid's really special. I'm uh, still kind of not in awe of it, but I'm a little bit. I didn't think it would happen. He was the one guy I didn't think they'd be able to get. Right. Third, and Bill touched on it. Third round is very fair. Yeah. Age and final year's contract. They couldn't ask for a second. I'm not going to give it a first for a three year old player. Right. But he's so proven. If you're the Lions, how could you take less than a third? So that, that would be my spiel on this. Speaking of of what he brings, Adam mentioned, from kind of a uh, run to daylight, I'm wondering, Oz, because we've seen the Eagles really try hard, sometimes unsuccessfully, against the Jaguars successfully, to work the screen game. And you saw Wendell Swallow had caught one. They haven't really worked the wide receiver screen. They've worked that short pass to Nelson Aguilar game, which did not have very good results in their last home game against uh, Carolina. Yep especially in the fourth quarter, this guy brings, a, I believe, a wide receiver screen game element to them that they've been looking for yes. for a little bit. Yeah, and, and Adam yes. touched on the smoke route, you know, for at least out there, it should also be called uncovered. So mm-hmm. if you go to line of scrimmage and you're a quarterback and you know, as you said, you sight adjustment, if a DB's over six or seven yards off, it's 
certain offenses just say, hey, regardless of the play, that's off. Oh, we get this. Ball, boom, oh, so, okay. so, so you're yeah, saying the Eagles finally it. get to do to other teams what right. other teams do to the, them with the that eight-yard cushion. Right. Exactly. And you don't have to worry about a running <laughs> must game. Must be nice. People are thinking, well, there's going to be called a legal man downfield. No, because all the quarterback does is either add a shotgun or, or under center or take one step right. and throw the ball. So the, why, you're not worrying about the offensive lineman down the field. And now what you do also is you put your defense on notice because this is not a guy you can jam at the line of scrimmage. Even though he may not be a 4-4 guy and you're worried about that, you come up and you jam Golden Tate, you better be prepared to battle because this is a guy that if he's got an inside breaking route, he's getting inside. He gets open all, all the time. The time. Right. It's incredible. Because that's a funny, that's the anomaly of this, Jeff, as you were talking about. He's like 5'10 and a half. You look at him and you go, how does he do it? And coaching matters. Obviously, they know how to free him up. But he's also became one of the best route runners in the National Football League. The Seahaw- a Seahawks source told me, was it kind of like that when they first got him? It's so funny because he right now is going to be the best route runner on this team yeah. by 3 million miles. And, that, and that's, I'm not trying to – like Alshon's routes are, are a little bit more simplistic. They try to back shoulder and they try to the fade him. And they'll put him in the slot sometimes and run a slant. But he's not – he is not a crisp, precise route runner, and we've talked about Nelson sometimes falling off and falling short in that area. This kid is going to be lights and light, like far light years ahead. And, of where and everybody Alshon is. only runs certain type of routes, where Correct. this guy does everything. everything. And he can line up outside or inside. He came in. Seahawks Seahawk source told me that when they drafted him, he, he was drafted play on the outside. But they saw over time his versatility slowly became more of an inside player. But right. w- l- let me just give you these numbers. Th- this is ridiculous, okay? Since he was drafted in 2010, Tate leads the NFL in yards after the catch. 3,910 yards after the catch. What? How is that even possible? That's amazing. But that's true. It's immense confirmed. And it's, 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 by the way, it yeah. must be nice to have played your entire career with either Russell Wilson or... Wait, was Russell Wasn't there in 2012? I don't 2012? know if he was even there, yeah. Well, all right, 90% of your career. 12. Yes, he was drafted Yeah, 12. that's right. Yeah. So you played with Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford and now Carson sure. Wentz. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, there are some good. guys who are pretty good in this. Like right now, Odell Beckham has been playing with oh, Eli God. Manning for his And, and it's amazing year, yeah, his production. Won't be. But, yeah. but the one, and the other stat I want to add, and this is probably the most important thing. Uh-huh. We know how the Eagles' third down efficiencies drop. They're actually 13th right now. Last year, they were ninth, but the big ash, the big deal where they were great Total number of conversions last year. Um, they had 96 third down conversions. Um, this year they're they're da- they're way down an average per game. They're about they're about almost one percent down. That's a lot. Correct. And that's that's not good. And he's going to right. The Eagles the best third down Eagles receiver in the league. Eighth last year in the league. They're thirteenth this year. So again, just like yeah. the points per game, yeah. like the third down. There are these little, little areas where yeah. he is going Add to impact. Up. Sure, sure. There's still one concern I have that right. I, I want to get back to. I spoke with an NFC North scout today, okay. not a scout on the on the um, Detroit Lions. So it's a guy who's watched him play. All right, and he told me that for what the Eagles gave up and for what he is best at, Golden Tate that you have to put Golden Tate inside, in the slot. And this, so this goes back to, well then are you, even if you're running kind of different routes instead of the fly routes, you're running more crossing routes or, or deep digs and things, if you're putting Nelson on the outside, is that the best thing for this offense as opposed to having Golden Tate outside and running kind of deep crossing, you know, getting him on the move in the same way and leaving Nelson in the slot? So now you have value for the position versus experience versus what's best for your offense? Well, I think the key is, you know, you talk about what Golden Tate does, and a lot of the reason why he's got these yards after catch is because he's able to create spacing as he runs down the field. The one thing we've seen with Carson and even last year with Nick and the year before, the windows were so small. 
to throw those balls in. It was it was amazing when they were coming up. And now with Golden Tate, as he comes out of his routes, the spacing, because he's such a great route runner, the spacing becomes so much more, uh, the throwing radius becomes a lot bigger because he's able to create space oh, as he runs routes. He's going to be a lot more high-pointing the ball. I'm just sad that. That's what uh, Seahawks source taught me that. He's good at high-pointing Really the ball? good. For He'll a guy who's flat it over the middle. Yes, yes. Wanted to add that. So, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so watch what this does. And my thing is, I was going to not give you the devil's advocate side, but just give you a player's perspective because when you take well, I kind of want the devil's advocate side uh, because I feel like we're so we're so enamored and we so believe this is going to work. But I keep coming back to you. You basically have a a a glut of of slot receivers here. Well, this is the key, and this is where the coaching has to come in and relationships. Agree. When you, I've sat in these in these rooms as a player and also as a scout, and you're so excited as a scout or a coach. We just added so and so. Can you believe it? Well, how does that guy, when he goes and everybody, and you're not sat Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon when the helmets are all shiny and the cheerleaders and it's on and or the TV's on, what happens Monday through Saturday when it's working? Right. And you got to go into the wide receiving room. And what does that wide receiver coach do? And what does Doug Peterson do? And how does he, you know, inject himself into that wide receiver team and class? And I think it's going to make everyone better, but it's also, there's this, you know, there's, let's face it, these guys are getting paid a lot of money. There's a lot of competitiveness going on. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to raise the level in a good way of all the wide receivers because now, especially when you're doing inside and you're doing seven on seven and you're doing man to man in practice and he's out there competing because he wants to let everybody know, hey, I'm Golden Tate. You guys have never seen me play, you know, from a, from a practice perspective. Watch how I practice. There's going to be some intense competition mm. going on during the week. And he's not going to care about the DBs yet. He doesn't know anybody. Right. So he's going to go out there and compete, and I think it's going to raise everybody. All right, let me ask you a question off that. How tough is it for a player to change scheme, to come from another team in season? How much of a challenge is that going to be for him and the coaches? And obviously getting Wentz and, and Tate on the same page with timing. Well, there is going to be some adjustment. The biggest adjustment is going to be, in my opinion, is not so much running routes. It's going to be terminology. So what, does, uh, what do you call a smoke route? Mm-hmm. Do you call it X? Do you call it Y? Mm-hmm. What is your what is your live reads? What is your checks at the line of scrimmage? Now, you have a guy at Golden Tate, he's thirty as you say, he's gonna be thirty one. He's he's a veteran, so he understands these things. So he should be able to pick it up very quickly. They may give him now the fact that they have a, an off week. It's going to be even better for them. So I think they may give him. I don't know if they're going to give him the whole playbook, but watch him probably get, you know, a package, maybe a package of 10, 15 plays. And let's see if we can put those in specifically for Golden Tate. Don't think right now that these guys aren't all pulling out film and saying, what does he run best? And let's see if we can put that in our scheme no for doubt. this week. No doubt. I'll say this as we move on to, to talking about what they gave up. I, I'm less concerned about the coaches figuring this out because it's Doug Peterson than I would be, say, if John Fox had to do this, right? Or, and I like John, but he's not an offensive mastermind, right? Or if Jason Garrett, who has been criticized for – conservative and predictable play call, I feel like Doug has shown that if you just give him weaponry, he'll figure he's out one of the top play calls how to use it. Very good play caller. They gave up a third round pick. And one thing I want to caution people to is that we sh- I think people should be excited that Howie is the type of guy who is so aggressive that over the last two years, he has swung two trades now, and that one of them directly you can say helped them win a Super oh, Bowl, giant. and we'll see what happens. It puts them better positions than two. But this is also probably the last year where Howie can really think about giving up a third-round pick for an eight-game rental. 
because as they and unfortunately it's a rental now yes. in this city a rental now we'll, and we'll get into that in this city though once you start doing things and people see it they want it all the time and I will say this I think we've all talked about this this team is going to look a lot different next year whether they win the Super Bowl or not they got players they got to extend they got a quarterback they got to pay a lot of money to and they got aging players that they're going to have to say goodbye to and they've got no money they're already projected over the cap so it's not like going forward how he's just going to be able to you know be risky he's actually going to have to rely on draft picks to re him and Joe Douglas are going to need every necessary pick every comp pick everything yeah. to rebuild this roster they need cheap labor so enjoy it now I don't know that they can never do this especially in consecutive years like they've done for the last two years well they were going for it I think they they right. looked at it and said okay what's it going to take for us to get to the playoffs and then we'll, you know once you get in the play you just want to get in they had to do something at receiver. You're not going to get a starting corner, okay, folks? It's just to stop. That's why I never mentioned corner because I knew it was ridiculous when people talked about it. It also takes corners a, a yeah. way more time to oh, adjust to new corner traders? No. no. If you have a good all. corner, you don't trade them. Uh, you, the, the pass rusher, Dante Fowler, Okay, the the extortion that the Ch- Jaguars got. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That the guy, guy, he's so average, and they got two well, picks out look, of it. the kid who was very talented. He tore his yeah. ACL in the first OT pr- OTA practice uh, is right. when he was drafted. And he's never lived up to the hype yeah, of being a high first four years, yeah, right. That's and he had the off the field issue, which was a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a th- they got a three and a five <laughs> for a guy who's not going to be resigned. That's unbelievable. That's it a, is. Pe- guy's a pass rusher. Right. Now we'll see how he how he does with the Rams. But um, I think overall, when you look at it, you you talked about value. A third round pick is very fair. I mean, th- th- that's what the going price was with a proven player. The reason why they're not getting a two is because he was on the final year's deal. Right. If he had a couple more years left, they probably could have gotten another team involved. Let's also point out that the Lions are one game out of the division lead, and so they didn't necessarily have to make this move. Now, some people have said... They're punning, though. Well, man. the fact that they did that shows that maybe there's something up with Golden Tate. No, what, what they're clearly doing is they realize they're not as good as, as Minnesota, and they're not as good as Green Bay, but they still got talent. They're going to rebuild. Obviously, a new G, new coach with the GM. They're going to rebuild that team. Yeah, uh, right now they only have like two receivers: or Kenny Galladay and and, um, and Marvin Jones were their outside receivers. Mm-hmm. Tate was their inside receiver, arguably their best receiver. Now they don't have him. They have no one who's done anything behind those guys. So it, it clearly that they're playing toward next year. As I said earlier, had the Lions won, they got handled. They coming out of their bye and they got handled by Seattle at home. Ran out of the bye. That's a bad sign to me. They 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 basically look. They're looking towards next year. So the Eagles are not. Um, and this is a go for it. This is a go for it move. We're yeah. trying to get to the playoffs. This is what from the Eagles' perspective, the way they were looking at it. And they know what this guy brings. And you, you sum it all up, and that's what they're going to do. Going yeah, what's it do for the think, locker room? I think Howie says. Howie said too, and, and we thought about this is the this is the new norm. Super Bowl playoffs. Once you get a taste of that, you don't want to give it up. This is the new norm. Adam says you they're going for it. They are going for it. And you know, my source within the league said to me, Philly is going to love this guy. He's a Philly type of a guy. He's a hard worker, no nonsense. You're not going to see off the field issues. He's a great locker room guy. Mm-hmm. Perfect fit for the city as well as the team. Fits in real well. Yep. How about the locker? Does it get is there something to be said for a locker room getting galvanized by an addition like that? There is going to be some adjustment, but I think. Uh, but no, but saying like, yes, we brought in a playmate. Like, is it? I know that there can be some like with Nelson Aguilar. Some yeah, hey, how does he react? Maybe thinking, I can't believe you know. Let's face it, they're going to say, listen, our our group is good enough. You know, we didn't need it. We didn't need an asset. We didn't need somebody else. They're probably all thinking that, and they're also thinking they're going to have less time, maybe less catches. <laughs> However, when you look at the big, picture, nah, Doug's just going to throw more now. They're watching the tape too. They know they need yes, to do some well, the receiver. The yeah, players know they, it's they, it's they, not they, a secret. Exactly, and so the rest of the guys. 
To me, this says this organization is committed to winning. And a guy like Golden Tate, last year of his deal, I think they're thinking about they could probably resign. And oh, oh, well, they, they, we'll, know, we'll see about that. But yep. the big thing is what Jeff brought up to me, and I forgot, uh, we should definitely make this point. Um, if they don't resign him, you look at a comp pick in future year you'll get for 2020. I can't imagine it being any higher than a third, but any lower than a fifth. Yeah, I mean, if they so, get a fourth for it, right. it's, it's actually so worth let's say it. it's if a fourth. He, if, he, if he has the impact, I think the three of us agree. Mm-hmm. We, it's clear by us doing this. We all agree he's going to have an impact. It's absolutely worth it. It's right. not. I would not have done a two. See, I would have. Uh, I agree with me. You. A two is a premium pick. They have two. They have three picks now. The Eagles do, and currently in the first two rounds, two twos and a one. Mm-hmm. And that Baltimore pick's looking better by the week because yes, they're struggling is. right now. So uh, th- th- this is a this is a Howie type move, a very aggressive, smart move, mm-hmm. and a guy that it's such a no burner. Such a I don't want to say great. I don't like to th- say great, right? But he's very close to being great. He's like really, really good. And I always feel compelled to remind people the, a little bit about the compensatory pick system because so, there's some I always yeah. confusing. I used to actually track it. The yeah. pick that they get will not be this coming April. It'll obviously be in 2020. Right, right, right. The pick is also dis- dependent on not just whether the guy has a good season or not, but the type of contract uh, yeah. that he signs. So yep. no, even though he's 30, and you would normally say, "Man, what kind of well, at 30? How old is he? How good of a receiver is he going to get?" The numbers are really good there. There's, as you mentioned, and as we talked about the stats, there's no sign of a drop off. So it doesn't have to be a 50 million dollar contract for the Eagles to get a good comp pick out of it. If he's productive and he gets a decent contract or a, a better than average one, much like Trey Burton this past off season, the Eagles will probably get something in that neighborhood of a fourth round pick and maybe better if it's a big contract. Now, conversely, I've heard people say the Lions, right, they forfeited the right to get that comp pick, but not necessarily because if the Lions are rebuilding, there's more odds that they're going to have money to spend. And if you spend money more so than you've lost, then that takes you out of getting higher competitive. That's also a big part of it. Net gain versus net loss. We know with the Eagles that they don't have any money. They're not going to be going out there blowing billions upon billions of dollars on free agents next year. I agree so with they your need, So it's yeah. way more likely that they get a decent comp pick than the Lions would. Yeah, and you guys talk about the way it hits the locker room. Watch how this uh, affects, especially if they're winning. And Adam talked about it earlier, how the Eagles are really struggling on third down, or more so than normal. He leads the league in third down receptions every year since 2014 in third down receptions. Mm-hmm. He's got 124 right now. That's a big deal. That's a playmaker, and not to mention all the yards after catch as well. So you have a guy that gets the ball, gets it a lot, does something with it after he catches it. I mean, you're talking about a threat and a playmaker and what this does for the locker room. Just And I think we even said there were some there were some conversations, there were some words that were being thrown around that we heard in interviews and post-game interviews where we were saying, that doesn't really sound right from a coach or from a player that's trying to ascend to be another Super Bowl contender. Kind of we were thinking about, well, with Howie doing this, this puts everybody on notice that we are expecting to win, and we're expecting to win like next week. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask you one thing on that. Doug loves the crossing routes, loves the rub routes, loves the pick routes, whatever you want to call them. I feel like with those two guys on the same side, Aguilar and Golden Tate, he may have the absolute perfect combination for those kind of plays. Is that is that fair? There's definitely fair, and and you can also because of their quickness, right? You, you Laterally, gotta, you got to be able to do things in space, and you be able to get your head around and not be afraid because you're there's, when you, it's uh, a lot of receivers are okay with go routes or long running developing routes. When you're talking about rub routes, they have to happen like right now. And you have to get your head around like right now and be expecting like you know a lot of guys catch that ball and they shy away. 
Golden Tate catches the ball and he's looking for daylight. He's running the daylight. So they run a ton of in Detroit for him. So do you think the Eagles targeted Golden Tate because he's the best player available for what they had at the reasonable price? Or was there part of targeting Golden Tate knowing that they're really beat up on the offensive line, they've struggled in protection, and that their offense needs to be more get the ball out quickly, get players in space quickly than, as Bill just said, the play, like a, if you put Deshaun there, it's great if you can throw him that bomb, but as you saw what Tampa Bay had to do, they had to max protect just to make that happen, right? Doug doesn't max protect. We already know that. Mm-hmm. So is was there a little bit of a method to the madness here in getting Golden Tate specifically to have a quicker, faster-release offense given what's going on up front? Well, I or think, is that just a, 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 by, a, a positive no, I, byproduct? I, yeah, I think it's a byproduct. Okay. I, think, I think their point was, let's get the best available receiver at a reasonable price. Uh, they tried for Mari Cooper. They gave up, They offered a two. True. Uh, who's much, much younger. Mm-hmm. But... Golden Tate's a better football player. Period. End of story. He's just he's just better. He's more he's more proven, mm-hmm. more consistent, and I'll be interested to see. And we talked about this earlier. When it comes to third down, the personnel grouping that they're going to have because they've never had this option before. They, they just don't have anyone like uh, they've never had since Doug's been here. They've never had anyone like Golden Tate on this roster. Right. Uh, Aglor is an interesting player. Maybe in a straight line, runs a little faster than Golden Tate. But he, Golden Tate's just a better football player, and he, I, I like your question. If they're all on on a third down, how are you gonna line them up? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna be the tight end? Probably Arts because he has to be. And I think that by the way, for fantasy if people play fantasy, the targets are gonna be down for Arts and Jeffrey. They're just gonna have to be. Uh, and and Tate will not be as good as he was in terms of catches because now he's got co- real co- he's got more competition. But the be- we forgot to talk about this. Who's the biggest beneficiary beneficiary? Carson Wentz, by far. Oh, gosh, yes. It's not even close. No. Not even close. But but the timing, getting him up to speed and having the buy, as Bill said, great timing to do this because he's got two weeks to learn this offense. Better than one week. And you're Absolutely. Saying, how does it happen? And going back to what Adam said at the beginning of the podcast, I think a lot of it has to do with Howie and his relationship with Quinn. I think that, you know, these aren't, you know, there's a lot of GMs out there, there's a lot of teams out there, and you're constantly calling. And I think when you have a relationship or known like that, you know, this just doesn't, you know, this isn't just dropping somebody's lap. You know, they've been talking about it. And, of course, they probably were trying to figure out if it's a two, it's three, or what it is, and how type of, you know, what they're going to give up. So, um, you know, a lot of this has, you got to give Howie a lot of credit for working the phones and developing relationship around the league. And then now it's You know, I didn't think through. about that, but for a long time, the Eagles and Patriots made a trade every single year this in the draft, and, and Bob Quinn came from the Patriots, and we know it's not Bill yep. all the time on those situations, always on the line making the deal. Yep. Really interesting, because I was thinking how unique this trade was from uh, before you mentioned that, because Howie has his kind of like teams that he, you know, it's always the Miami Dolphins because like he has a great role. Yes, NBA, yes, so. he has a great relationship <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with with Mike Tannenbaum in, in Miami. Yeah. He has a great relationship with the Jets because Mike Tannenbaum used to be with the Jets. He has a great relationship with some of the uh, the Bob Lamont guys who, who used to be Howie's agent all around the league. Andy, Kansas City, you know, so, and Seattle, I know he's, he's he and John Schneider have a good rapport. So you've yeah. seen some, some trades there, but this one was unique because it was the Lions and I didn't know if there was a logical connection, but the fact that Quinn came from the Patriots and that's why how he's favorite partners yep. makes all makes all the and, sense in the world. It goes back to the relationship, and now you're talking about even uh, a relationship now with with Doug, and we've been talking about you know the run pass, uh, you know percentage. Well, uh, folks, it, it, uh, you're not going to see any more runs. Uh, so now it's a matter of <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> the touches. Yeah, how's it going to change? The play I'm calls? so yeah, glad you brought that up. Yes, it's going to definitely change. So all right, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to kind of end this thing with a look at why the Eagles didn't address a different 
position or other positions and if only addressing wide receiver was enough. Now, we saw a lot of guys move. I mean, it's becoming like the MLB deadline almost where guys are just – teams are becoming more risky and, and taking that chance. One one player that stuck out to me, and it, it kind of took the damper a little bit off Golden Tate, was just minutes later, right, Washington, who's right now leading the NFC East. They go get uh, a safety, haha, Clinton Dix, who the Eagles wanted a couple of years ago, but just went, I think, one or two ahead of them, and then they decided to trade out. Yeah. When you look at that, and some people would have said, Adam, that this team needs a safety more than a receiver. I know not you, you felt receiver, but Dix is a good player. Yeah, he's inconsistent. The Packers were not going to extend his contract. In fact, they've been trying to move him for weeks. Nah, it um, seems like every defensive back the Packers have drafted in the last yeah, three years. He been, probably needed, trying to get rid he, he of needed to change the scenery. Um, yeah, it was either going to be Brandon Cooks that draft. Uh, what happened is as soon as the Eagles didn't get Cooks, who was the number one guy on the draft board mm-hmm. for that spot. And then it was Haha is number two, if I remember correctly. I believe Mosley was in there. I I, I like. Um, I had heard that they liked him. He but went it was the three other two, ahead. Trust me on this. Mm-hmm. It was those two guys I mentioned. Oh no, no, I know. I'm just That's going through their order. Out, yeah. And then unfortunately, got Marcus Smith. Yes. Didn't work out. But um, I think overall, it's what's going to get them to the playoffs. You're not getting a starting safety. I mean, Haha, Haha, Clint Dix is, but also safety. Just check into this. It's very complicated when you trade. This, there are certain ways that they're used and you need time to develop your role and, and a psyche. It's not just, it's not like a running back or, or even a receiver to a certain degree. Okay, you change schemes, terminology. It's just the way you're used. It's just different. Yeah. And I think overall, the, the Eagles help themselves. You know, just sum this up. There's no question. Golden Tate's going to make them a better football team. Mm-hmm. How much better? We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, as you said, uh, he had a great game against Dallas. I forgot about that. What about running back, Bill? I mean, now we see that it's going to be, they're going to get Darren Sproles back, so it'll be Sproles, it'll be Smallwood, and it'll be Josh Adams, who looked pretty good against Jacksonville, and Corey Clement, who's in the doghouse for whatever reasons, even though the coaches are saying not. Is this, does getting a wide receiver make Doug just want to throw the ball more, or will he this open it up so that he can, that the running backs will be able to run a little bit better, because you know, now you've got another threat, perimeter threat on the team who's taking coverage away. Yeah, I think it addresses the run game as well. My, my, quite frankly, my biggest concern after the deep threat wide receiver was that offensive line. They're banged up. They're, 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 I just want to know what's going on there because it seems like Carson is constantly getting a hit. They're not going max for protection. So I'm really curious about how, what they're going to do with protection scheme-wise, especially going forward. But there's no doubt that this helps the running game. All okay. right, so, so just a quick note on injury. So with Lane Johnson, with his grade 2 MCL sprain, the, MC, the MRI was clean. I think the way that's going to work is obviously this counts as one week missed. Is there in the bye? I don't expect him to play against Dallas. And after that, I think it's week to week. I think it's, we'll see. Uh, typically, knowing Lane the way we know him, I would be tough. shocked if it was actually more than, you said he's going to be out two, you said he's likely to be out least, for two weeks. I expect a minimum of two weeks. Or, or But that's just one game, right? Right. Okay. I'm, here's what I'm telling you. Offensive linemen come back from MCL sprints. I've covered this injury for 20 years. Yeah. Way faster because why? They have to play in space. They're not running and cutting downfield where the right. game's about speed. Right. They also they have to be able to anchor. Told the way they move, it's not well, as it's lateral. Right, as, or right. it's, I'm sorry, it's so, more vertical than lateral. You, typically, they come back about two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. This is typically a grade two MCL sprain. It's typically four to six weeks. A grade three is a full tear. Right. It's a minimum of eight weeks. Um, Evan Mathis had it. He missed a complete eight weeks. This is a great two. Right. right. This is a great two. It's a half a tear. could be a little bit less, a little bit more. Um, the news was good from what I heard. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to see. After, after, I'm not going to tell you when exactly it's going to come back because no one knows. But I'm just telling you, 
I'm a little bit more positive of it when I uh, the other thing that I I put out on Sunday morning or whenever it was yeah because we were on a time difference um, it's the same leg unfortunately as the high ankle sprain that complicates this so but I'm just telling you as far as MCL sprain it's not quite as bad as it seemed mm-hmm. because it looked ugly as hell thank God I wasn't ACL all right before we end this podcast now that we see the sure. Eagles having What's golden t- oh you know it's we got to go brother. Nobody wants to hear Excited. us talk We're more than 40 minutes. I don't want to hear myself talk for more than 40 minutes. The question I'm going to ask is this. Now that the Eagles have Golden Tate and you've seen the Cowboys get Cooper and you've seen the Redskins get Haha Clinton Dix, the best team in this division right now is Adam? Oh, boy. Best team in the division. I'm still going to pick the Eagles to win. That's the best way to say it. Oz? I, I think uh, on paper it's the Eagles playing right now. It's the Redskins. No, no, no. Uh, when, the, when the 16 games are finished, who wins Reds, this division? Uh, this, the Eagles. Okay. You guys, you guys are a bunch of homers. Well, I think, go ahead. What do you think? Well, let's throw it back to you. I'm not a homer. I'll tell you who I think. I'll tell you exactly who I think. I'll tell you why. The Giants? No, it's the Eagles. I agree with you guys. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Inside the Birds podcast. Remember, we're on WIP every Saturday afternoon, so make sure you check us out. Adam Kaplan, Billy Osborne, Jeff Mosher. We'll be back next Wednesday for the next Inside the Birds podcast.